This is the day that the Lord has made, and we, you, I, us, we should rejoice and be glad in it. I am Pastor Keon. This is, guess what? You've been rocking with me. This is our 30th episode of Take Action Together. So that's a monumental task for something that we started amidst the pandemic, wondering what in the world was going on in the world. And 30 weeks later, we're still together, learning the word of God, still letting it be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And yes, I do have my real Bible because I think you should still have a real Bible, even though you got an app. Um, this thing will never fail and the battery doesn't run out. Uh, and uh, so I'm excited about sharing this word with you today. I believe and I think you need to really invest the time to be with me for the next two weeks. Maybe you're one of those people that catches it every once in a while when you have an opportunity. But I need you to be intentional uh, about being with me over the next two weeks. I promise you this. If you listen to the next two take actions combined and use them as a as a roadmap for your life, I promise you your life will at least get one percent better. I don't want to promise uh, quantum leaps because although I believe that's going to happen, um, I don't want to disappoint you. But if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed and you listen to this take action and the, the next one uh, next Tuesday, I promise you that your life will get incrementally better over time if you continue to practice the principles that I'm getting ready to give you. Today, I want to talk on this subject. Write this down. The power of being a student. Very, very simple thought. Very, very powerful application. The power of being a student. I'm going to start off by telling you a story. In April of 1980, and, and this may not mean anything to you, so don't get caught up on the semantics. Listen to the principle. Um, in the 80s, there was a heavy metal group um, named Metallica, and, and they lasted uh, uh, decades. This group went on to sell 66 million copies of their records. They won eight Grammys. This is, I'm just setting the scene so that you'll understand how significant this is. They won a total of 103 music awards and they were nominated for 168, which means that 61, 62% of the time, that the person who was on stage said, and the winner is, Metallica's name was called nearly 62% of the time. I don't know about you, but that is phenomenal that they won 103 out of 168 total nominations for 66 million records sold. This established group one day was headed to New York City um, to do a concert and to have rehearsal. And they informed their lead guitarist uh, that he was no longer a part of the band. And the story goes on that they literally, in these days, it was the early 80s, gave him a bus ticket back to San Francisco. They got on a plane and they went to New York. And, and so the same day, though, the same day, the story is said that they hired a guy uh, named Kirk Hammett. Um, and Kurt was uh, 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 about 23, 24 years old, young guy. Uh, he was just getting into the guitar. He joins the group, tours the world with the group, doesn't even get an orientation. He's on the team. They go to sell 
millions of records. They make millions of dollars. They go to every country, every city, every continent where their music was appreciated, performing all over the world. This guy goes from being a nobody to being famous, widely known, rich, and known as one of the best guitar players on the earth. Once the tour is over, and it was about a three-year feverish pitch of a tour, they get back home to California. They rest. Everybody relaxes. Some of the groups, members, they go off and buy new cars. A couple of them went off and got new furniture in the house. A couple of them went to Disney World. And, you know, I'm just adding that they, they did what champions do. Do you know what Kirk Hammett did when he got home? after being on the road with one of the biggest groups of all time, becoming one of the most famous guitar players of all time, do you know what he did when he got home? He hired a guitar teacher. Now, I'm, I'm really hoping that you're hearing me. This is not a guy that's robbing Peter to pay Paul. By this time, he's got millions of dollars in the bank. By this time, his name is known throughout the world. The group's name is known throughout the world. People are wearing his T-shirt. And the first thing he does when he comes off of tour after be becoming rich and becoming famous, the first thing he does is he hires a teacher. He understood the power, there it is, of being a student. And the power of being a student does something that no other discipline can do, okay? Being a student does what no other discipline can do. When you become a student, that is actually the function of you placing your gift in the hands of somebody who knows how to open it. Imagine I had the Hope Diamond placed in a box and wrapped in paper, and I gave you the diamond, which for conjecture is estimated to be worth $60 million. That's just a guess. Imagine I give you a $60 million diamond in the box wrapped in paper, and all you do is admire the paper. And you treat it like, um, you know, I remember this like, <laughs> like it was yesterday, and I didn't know any better till I got grown. When we were younger, I think I was in the sixth grade, my mother took us, uh, she was married at the time, on our first family vacation. And we went to Niagara Falls. And we went on both sides. We went on the Canadian side and we went on the New York side. And it was the first family vacation we'd ever had. It was the first time I'd ever been out of the state of Indiana. It was the first time I'd ever been. Now, we drove. We didn't get on an airplane, but we drove, but we got there. And one of the things that we got when we got there was a can of ginger ale. It said Canada Dry on it. This is the God's honest truth. We purchased that can of ginger ale because we had never been anywhere. And we put that can of ginger ale on our mantle at the house. And it sat up there for years as a reminder to us that we had gone to Canada. And I remember looking at that can like, oh, my God. Look at that can. We got it from Canada. It wasn't until I got old enough to know that we only had a 12 cents can that you can find in any grocery store in the world, anywhere, 
because I thought it was worth something and it was worth nothing. And once I realized it was worth nothing, I opened it and I drank it. Yes, it was flat. It didn't have the original fizz, but it had no value. I bring that into conversation because imagine if I gave you that diamond and you put it on the mantle and you never open it up. You would find the opposite of what I found with that can. I found out that it was worthless, not from the sake of, uh, of an heirloom and a memory. That was, that was worth millions, it, the memory. But the can itself, you could be on the shelf. And if you never put your gift in the right hands, you will never be opened up to find out how much is inside of you. You need a teacher. You need a teacher. You need, you, need, you need somebody who doesn't mind pulling the bow off and ripping the paper and tearing down your perception of yourself to teach you the validity and the value of your personal gift. So getting a teacher and becoming a student is placing your gift in the hand of somebody who has the power to open it up. You've heard this analogy before. A basketball in your hands or my hands is worth $29.99. You put that basketball in LeBron James's hand, it's worth a billion. You take the golf club and you put it in my hand, it cost me $100 a round. You put that golf club in Tiger Woods's hand, it's worth a billion dollars. You give me a script and maybe I can produce it Maybe I can get it on Netflix, maybe make a million dollars or two. You put that script in Steven Spielberg's hand. It's a block office blockbuster worth 400 million. The right script worth billions over a lifetime because it is never the object that matters. It is about the hands that hold it, which means that if you could allow or would allow the right hands, the right teacher to shape your gift, it becomes exponentially more valuable when you allow your gift to be in the right hands. Here is what I want you to write down. This is why it's important for you to have a teacher. If you are clicking off of this, you're actually gonna be in the 97% of the people who will never realize the power of what I'm teaching. Only 3% of the people who are listening to me right now will ever do anything with what I'm saying. Only 3%. I know that. I know that. A lot of you will hear it. Only 3% will ever do anything with what I'm saying. And I'm wondering, are you in the 3%? I want you to type right now as a way of affirming to yourself and to the, and to the atmosphere, type, I am in the 3%. If you don't feel like typing all of that, just put 3%. I want you, this is a way of affirming to yourself that I'm not going to be one of the people who hear this type of message and throw it away. Somebody say the power, say this to yourself, the power of being a student. Right now I'm teaching you. Right now you're learning from me. Write this down. And education can't be hacked. That once you learn it, there is nothing anybody can do. I, I don't care if they don't like you, I don't care if they want to reward nepotism, which means they want to hire a family member over you. I don't care 
if they look at you and say, I'm not hiring them because I don't like the way they look. Once you get the education, the education opens up opportunities for you that no man can stop. It cannot be hacked. What you put in your brain cannot be stolen by the opinion of someone else. But you have to have what I like to call the posture of knowledge. You have to have it because in and of itself, listen, the posture of knowledge in and of itself is the most dangerous habit that people have. The posture of knowledge, because the posture of knowledge alone prevents you from getting better at what you need to get better at. So the posture of knowledge has to be connected, listen, to self-assessment. Self-assessment is the antidote to being average. Self-assessment is the antidote to being stagnant. Self-assessment is the antidote to falling victim to the lure of being lazy. Now, now we all have it. Isn't there, aren't there times that you feel like picking up the book and you'd be like, I don't have it. Or you feel like doing just a little bit extra work and you say, I don't feel it. Or you want to go a little bit further and you'd be like, ah, not today. Or I'm going to watch an episode of this or I'm going to watch an episode of that. Self-assessment is the antidote to being still. Now, let me give you scripture. Luke 11 and 1 says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. You got that? Luke 11 and 1. And the Bible says that in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, when he finished praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Listen, just as John taught his disciples. Now, this is the scripture where if when you get there, you're going to know it. When you get to, to Luke, matter of fact, let me go to it. When you get to Luke chapter 11, I promise you, you've been here before. If you've ever read the Bible, you've heard of this. When you get to Luke chapter 11, this is what you're going to see. Are you ready? This is what people see. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said, Master, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said, when you pray, say this, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You've heard this before. This is called the Lord's Prayer. I have been tempted. You have been tempted. Many of us have been tempted that when somebody says the Lord's Prayer or Luke chapter number 11, verse 1, we skip over verse 1, we get right to verse 2, and we start with our Father which art in heaven. But might I tell you that verse 1 is just as important as 2, 3, and 4. Because the disciples understood the power of being a student. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just like John taught his students. Are you with me so far? He said, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. This scripture talks about the Lord's prayer. And we're typically so innate to want to recite the Lord's prayer. I want you to know that we miss a key when we look over verse number one. The disciples 
had already been picked. I'm going back to the beginning. Remember, this guy was the guitar player. He had already sold millions of records. He had a big house. He had a lot of money, yet he hired a teacher. The disciples had already been picked. Out of hundreds of thousands of choices, millions of choices, God chose 12. They were already famous. <laughs> they were already important. History was already ready to be their documenter. And yet, these men who had already been solidified and picked and already had a title and a position said, Lord, make us a student. Their reputations had already been spread, but they said, Lord, make us a student. They already had direct access to God. And they said, Lord, teach us. They knew that Jesus knew how to pray because they had just saw him praying. They saw the results of what happened when he prayed and when John and his disciples prayed. Here it is. So instead of asking God for results, they asked him for a lesson. Teach us. Do you know that your process teaches you more than your promotion? Do you know you learn more out of struggle than you do success? And do you know that if there is no struggle, Frederick Douglass said this, there is no progress? That the only person that is actually learning is actually the teacher and the student? That the moment, 2 Timothy 2 and 5 says, that you have to study to show yourself approved that you might be able to rightly divide the word of truth. One of the ways of being approved by God is being a student. I know 97% of the people are like, oh, you could have told me something else. I'm trying to get paid. I'm showing you how to get paid. Pastor, I'm, I, I came on here to figure out how to get my business in. I'm showing you how to get your business in order. If you follow this, your house will be in order because even though you're the parent, you can still be the student. Even though you're the CEO, you can still be the student. Even though you're the head of your house and you're the husband, you can still be the student. Even though you're the boss chick, you can still be the student. I'm about to blow your mind. How many of you all say, Lord, bless me financially? I need a financial blessing. I'm glad that you identified yourself because the word approved in the Greek is dokimos. Dokimos in the Greek. Listen to this. When I looked it up, it shocked me because every time I looked at the scripture and it said, study to show thyself approved, I looked at it as approval, check mark, acceptance. When I looked up one of the definitions for approved in the Greek, dokimos, it means, listen, accepted, comma, particularly, particularly in coin and money. That is the Greek definition for approved. So it seems to me that what God is saying through the writer in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, study to show thyself approved. If we translate it, it means study to show thyself accepted, which results in coins and money. 
you will be paid. Listen, you will be paid on the level that you can solve problems. And if you learn through education and being a student how to solve problems, your check will increase. I almost would guarantee you within a 90 percentile that unless you are grossly being misused, your check is the size of the problem you're solving. You want a bigger check, solve a bigger problem. And in order to solve a bigger problem, you have to study to figure out how to do it. And listen, all education doesn't come in books. I'm talking about studying people. I'm talking about studying places, studying things, studying history. Ecclesiastes 7 and 12 says, wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. Look at how wisdom and knowledge and money keep finding themselves together. The more you know, the more you earn. What I've learned is that students have a tendency to acquire wealth. People who listen have a way of getting better. I think it was the famous golfer, Arnold Palmer, who, by the way, has a whole drink named after him that he used to drink during his golf matches, lemonade and tea. I bet most of y'all didn't even know that Arnold Palmer was a, a golfer. <laughs> Arnold Palmer said these words. He said, it's a funny thing. The more I practice, the luckier I get. He was a world-class golfer. Won all kinds of major tournaments because he never stopped being a student of the game. I am told that Michael Jordan would play a basketball game and then go in the weight room. I am told, and we've heard this, that LeBron James spends a million dollars on his body and sleeps, I heard, sometimes 10 to 12 hours a day and, and won't drink but a certain type of water and, and won't eat a certain kind of food. No wonder he's 37, 30 years, 38 years old, still playing like a, a man half his age. Why? Because he's still a student. It's impossible to learn, though, when you think you already know. The problem with most people is that anytime you try to teach them something, they beat you finishing the sentence and they say stuff like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but do you know? Because you will never find answers if you're already convinced. I am giving you like a life-changing thing. This is the power of being a student. Now, I'm almost done, but I want to give you what I believe is the key to growth. I'm about to give you what I believe is the key to growth. When I look at my life, when I look at our ministry, when I look at my businesses, when I look at how God has allowed me to continue to go from level to level, and I try to trace back where did it come from? Sure, it came through great mentorship, studying, reading, education, friendships, all of those things are true. But when I think about where I made my biggest leaps, I trace it back to one word. It's got eight letters. Are you ready for that word? Starts with an F, ends with a K. But I said it has eight 
letters. And this is not a curse word, although many people translate it as profanity. Are you ready? You ready for this dirty word that people don't like? Feedback. Feedback. For most of us, feedback is irritating. In fact, if you've ever been in a concert where there are monitors and speakers and you start to hear that squeeching sound, that squealing sound, that high pitch vibration, that's called feedback. Nobody likes it. Have you ever noticed when feedback is in the room, everybody's face is like, and they're looking for somebody to stop the feedback. It's the same way when it comes to knowledge. Most of us don't want to be told nothing by nobody. Anybody gives you feedback on how to treat your husband or how to treat your wife on how to parent, how to do business. Anxiety builds up in your body because most of us don't like feedback. Now, watch this. Most people will take feedback. But only great people seek feedback. Yeah, most people, when the feedback comes, they'll accept it and smile. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But great people are seeking feedback. Great companies create surveys. Give us feedback. How was our service? How was your encounter? Feedback. Feedback. And if you need a Bible verse because you don't want to take my opinion to validate the idea of feedback, open your Bible to Mark chapter 8, verse 27. I'm going to drop the mic on this one. Mark chapter 8, verse 27. You ready? All right. Now the disciples and Jesus were together. And Jesus went out to the town of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road to Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked for feedback. Who do men say that I am? The omniscient one wanted to know what finite people thought. The perfect one wanted to know what his customers thought about his service. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? I, although am perfect, I still want feedback. It is true what the old proverb says. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I am telling you today that this is one of the most powerful words you could ever hear and you need to hear this one over and over and over and then expand on it write your own essay on it and then teach it to somebody else because there is authority money prestige strength within the microcosm of chess being a student, even when you're already destined or have already arrived at greatness. People tell me all the time, Pastor, I appreciate the way, the way you 
develop the word of God and you teach it. You know why? Because I don't care if I have read the scripture before. Every time I go to a scripture, I go to it as if I've never read it before. Which is why I can preach the same scripture and preach it totally different because the word of God is living. And every time I go to it, it speaks something new. I want you to dedicate yourself to being a student. And there's so much power in being a student. I hope that word helped you today. I hope it helped you to take action now, not later, not about to, not fencing to, as, as we say in the South, but, but now. I hope you learned something. I'm getting ready to teach you one more principle. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. That when you sow, that shall you also reap. I want you all to get a gift out right now. It's time to give. And as you give today, I want you to understand that God is looking to bless you. As the instructions come up on the screen, it doesn't matter if you give with a text. It doesn't matter if you give with a click. It doesn't matter if you give in the app. It doesn't matter if you give online. If you're Lighthouse 2.0 and you give through Givelify, God is not concerned by the means in which it gets to him. He's concerned about the heart that it flows through. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that as you begin to sow the seed, that God will send mentors and teachers in your directions who will help you to get to the next level of your life. You're sowing today, tonight, whenever you're watching this, into God sending you an Elisha or an Elijah, whichever one you need. I speak this peace over your life and this prosperity. Thank you for being with us on our 30th episode of Take Action. We've been doing this for 30 weeks. We're just getting started. I'll see you next week. God bless you.